Hello, uh, welcome to Secondhand Stories. My name is Helen Black. I'm a performer, an improviser, and a storyteller. Hello, and my name is Mark T. Cox. I'm also a writer, a storyteller, and performer. And together we run a show called Secondhand Stories. Secondhand Stories began as a live storytelling show that we used to run in London back when people were allowed to leave their houses and do lovely things like go to storytelling shows. But now we are a podcast. We focus on storytelling, which is true and personal. The stories that we tell are all from our own lives and are things that have actually happened to us. And a big thank you to everybody who has made little donations and tips. Very, very appreciated. Um, so we'll put a link to the PayPal in the description if anyone wants to support and keep us going. And the money will go towards um, producing real live shows with people very, very soon as well. So thank you. Um, so how it works is each week we have a theme for each episode and then we have a little bit of a chat and we tell a story around that theme. And today we have a surprise. We have a special guest and we will introduce you to them a little while and they'll be telling us um, a story as well. So an awful lot happening today. <laughs> so the, 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 team, the theme for this episode is choices. So we're all faced with choices every day and sometimes they're easy choices. Sometimes they're choices that are forced on us. We don't have much of a decision. Um, so we're going to be diving into a few stories about choices that we've made or we've not made and the effects that they have had on us in the past. So Helen, mm -hmm. since you're there, <laughs> I'm here. since you're here, do you want to start? Do you want to kick us off oh, with I, your story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to. So my story starts um, when I was 22 and I had just qualified as a teacher. Um, I really, I'd spent my university years in Dublin and I was very keen to get out of Ireland and kind of see the world. And uh, my best friend, if anybody was listening last week, you'll remember Quiva, the same girl. And I decided to apply for a job interview for a teaching job in Abu Dhabi. Um, for no other reason than we Googled teaching bro jobs abroad and Abu Dhabi came up. So we applied online to the Abu Dhabi Education Council and um, we they phoned us and asked us, could we come to a job interview in London in two days time? And we said, yeah, yeah, no problem. Oh, yeah, I can get to London. That's no problem at all. Um, but it was a little bit of a problem because I'd say we had 50 euro each. Um, so we had to get the ferry, the sail and rail. But we managed it. And... Um, we stayed in a hostel in King's Cross in like a 16 bed mixed dorm and we just hadn't a clue. We we're too scared to get the tube, got a black cab over to uh, where the um, job interview was on, which was just beside Buckingham Palace in a hotel. I'd never been in a hotel that was so fancy. I think we spent most of the money we had on the taxi getting to the hotel. And we both bought a blazer in Topshop on Oxford Street. Um, uh, kept the tag on it and was and we were going to return them after the interview. And I had like a little dress on and some heels that I like definitely couldn't walk in. So I looked like a child playing dress up or maybe like I was... Um, uh, a glamorous aunt in a play <laughs> so we were told to wait in the corridor and then this woman came took our details and collected us and brought us up to what I expected to be a conference room but then it was a hotel room and uh, there was 
it was there was a big bed and then there was a sofa and kind of a small co- uh, like a coffee table with a chair and the Abu Dhabi Education Council had just gone through like a revamp and they had kept half of their old staff and replaced half of their staff with English speaking staff so English speakers from uh, other countries so there was this old man who was um, the old school teaching staff and then this kind of prim and proper Australian woman and the man was sitting on the bed and he had his shoes off and he had a big belly kind of hanging out over his trousers which were like tracks at bottoms and I came in and he kind of laughed and I was like uh, <laughs> you know just kind of laughing along with him and then he was like you look nervous and I was like uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know I'm, I'm okay and he said no you are nervous and I was like, oh, um, uh, no, uh, I'm fine. And he was like, drink some water. So then I kind of caught the woman's eye and she smiled at me. So I was like, uh, and I already just felt, I felt nervous going into a job interview, but I don't think it was like, you could see it on my face. And he said, you're nervous, drink some water. So I drank the water and then the woman looked at me and she smiled as if it this hadn't happened and she said oh thanks for coming and then she asked me a question about my teaching experience as if nothing strange had happened so I started explaining oh I qualified last year and I taught for six months and then the man interrupted me saying you're too young to be a teacher and I said well I'm not I, I qualified last year and then he said you're too pretty to be a teacher and I was like um like and then I didn't really say anything and I was just looking at the woman like can you help me and she didn't say anything and he said you can't teach boys they'll be distracted and I just felt so stupid and it's it's stupid that I felt stupid but it felt like it was my fault and then I could feel my eyes kind of starting to well up and I was just blinking to stop them and I was like oh you're so stupid why are you crying like you can't cry and there's no reason to be upset and I still didn't really say anything and then the woman said oh and what's your approach to teaching reading as if none of this had happened and I told her about this system that I'd had in my class the year before and the man just got up while I was talking kind of strolled around the room and he came back and he said do you have a boyfriend and I just looked at the woman and um she said oh I don't think that's relevant and then he was like do you just ignoring her and I said no and he said well you will have one when you get to Abu Dhabi and I was so shocked and I could just feel myself shaking and then eventually she asked me another question and then kind of said thanks for my time and then I I was let out let go and I was just I was shaking I came out and I was like oh my god oh my god and then I could feel like oh now Quiva has to go in and I felt like protective of her and I saw her in the corridor and I said to her he's just really horrible just be really rude to him because I didn't know what she was going to face when she went in there and he was kind of the sim- similar to her and then when she came out she laughed and I was like <laughs> and she was like god that was horrible he was horrible and I was like ah. and I think now like thinking back it was like that wasn't okay but I had so little experience of what was okay that I didn't have the you know just kind of sense or I guess but sense sense like I'm blaming myself but um the cop on (laughs) to interrupt him or say something different or and I think that if 
that happened to me now, I would feel better able to address the fact that he was being inappropriate. I think I would have complained to the company. I think I definitely wouldn't have taken the job, which I did after that. But I was so young and I was also like conditioned to just be polite, you know, above everything, be polite. And I think that being a woman in the world, that is often just, and I don't think it's like just women, but I think it um, comes from being a woman in the world. It's the easiest thing to do is just laugh and be polite. And it takes more effort and sometimes too much effort to stand up for yourself and call someone out on being inappropriate. And I just didn't have those tools at the time. And I think that after I was really hard on myself and was like, you, it was your fault. You kind of made the wrong choices. You, other people wouldn't have, you know, reacted in the way that you did. And um, I also think that if I was older or like seemed more confident or didn't look as young as I did, he wouldn't have acted like that to me either, which is gross, you know. And I think he maybe got off on the fact that I was scared and nervous and felt like he could do that in that situation. And that I kind of felt afterwards that I had had a choice, but maybe I didn't really have a choice. Um, and uh, then we did get offered the job and we moved to Abu Dhabi a few weeks later and I um, never kind of came across him again. But I think that um, I maybe have learned to stand up for myself a bit more. But I think that um, being a woman, uh, it's something that we probably just learn from experience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what do you think of that? Uh, <laughs> I have questions. Yeah, go. <clears throat> do you think when was that? What it? I, that's when nearly you, ten years ago. Do you think that would happen now? Would that same interview happen now? Would he mm. get away with that now? Probably. Well, afterwards, um, the the woman from the Australian woman from the interview phoned me. And was like, oh, you know, I just wanted to check in and how you are. And at the time, I was just so naive, you know. I was like, why is she phoning me? And it was definitely because she didn't feel comfortable with what had happened there. But she didn't ever say that directly. And she should have, you know, she should have yeah. interrupted him way before she did. And um, I think they probably thought they could have had a lawsuit on their hands if I, you know, if I was a different person or... But, but I guess yeah, she's, she's, she probably suffered the same kind of yeah, environment yeah, yeah, yeah. for so many years that she yeah. couldn't say it to you yeah, on the phone yeah, secretly. Yeah. Well, exactly. So the choice, do you think you would have gone or you would have continued with the interview if, if it was like today? Oh, no, I don't think so. Mm. No. And I do remember at the time, like not fully telling my parents what happened because mm. I was like, oh, it's not OK. So I'll just, you know glaze over that because yeah. I didn't really want to address it because I thought they won't let me go yeah. <laughs> you know so and also people are trying to like smile through things because yeah. it'll get yeah. you a job and you have to yeah. put up with yeah. things and it's yeah. just awful how people kind of mm. believe they don't have choice in those situations but that's it yeah <sighs> oh. oh dear oh dear <laughs> sorry I've set us up on a, on a hard one, one but now but it's how sometimes to make the decision mm, mm. well what can we do now 
We might invite a friend in. Really. We have a friend. Oh, she's been here all along. <laughs> <laughs> but she's so quiet. Who is she? She is. She's a wonderful storyteller and a good friend of mine. And she is Maria Newsom. Hello, Maria. Hi. Thanks for having me. Welcome to Secondhand Stories. Thank you so much. How are you feeling? Uh... I am okay, <laughs> I think would be that, yeah, I'm fine. You're excited to be here? I'm very excited to be here. I'm very glad that you guys have made a podcast because uh, I miss your live shows. Oh, are you a long-term, um, long-time listener? I'm a, I'm a long-term listener, a uh, long-term supporter. And performer. Yeah. And, and performer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. We we're lucky to have you. And have you got a story for us today? I do indeed. Oh, brilliant. Off you go. Uh, when I was 18... I fell in love for the first time in a big, big way with someone I met at university and I genuinely thought that I would marry this guy, not even in like a hypothetical daydreaming way. After we'd been together for a couple of years, I actually figured out the date we'd get married, 5th of December 2020, so not long to go now. Uh, Why 5th of December 2020? Well, I did what any normal and well-adjusted woman would do and I looked up when our anniversary would fall on a Saturday. And also when I thought we'd be old enough to get married and I picked that date. I think maybe that sounds quite sweet and kind of on the borderline of acceptable, but I'd also figured out the church and the hotel, who his best men would be and who my bridesmaids would be. And I actually kind of matched up the groomsmen and the bridesmaids in my head based on who I thought would look nice together. And then I'd knew that I'd walk down the aisle to Canon in D major, which is the one that goes da, 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 da. And when I'd get drunk, I used to kind of practice that in my room on, on my own, but I'd sort of listen to the music and then I would kind of time the sequence. So first I'd kiss my page boys and my flower girls and they'd go down the aisle first. And then I'd kiss each of my, I was gonna have four bridesmaids total. So three would go and they were kind of sequenced out. And then I turned to my sister who was gonna be the one holding my train and kind of squeeze her hands. And then it was time for, for my big my big entrance. And then, you know, despite all of this planning, when I was 22, he broke up with me and I was devastated. I was about to start a new job and I felt at the time like I didn't see it coming at all. And suddenly all these plans for our future life in London and being young professionals and eventually having, you know, the wedding and living happily ever after had to vanish very, very quickly. And the next few years of my life suddenly looked really different. I actually remember when we were breaking up, I had this list in the notes of my phone of birthday present ideas for him. And I showed it to him as if to kind of say, you can't break up with me. You know, I was going to buy you some new bedding in a couple of months as part of your birthday present. And I was so angry for so long for him breaking up with me and for the way that he did it. And for a long time, I couldn't really reconcile the person he was to me in a relationship and then the person he was when he was breaking up with me. And it was also this thing of he's made this choice. I have no say in this. Uh, despite showing him, you know, my notes app, that didn't work. And now everything has to change. And I don't, I don't want any of that change. And if he could make that choice and change my life, kind of what else would, was around the corner that was going to change at a a kind of moment's notice. And I think sometimes we feel like we really choose to grow or to evolve. But actually this breakup led to some of my biggest growth. But I was so cross because I didn't want this and I didn't choose it. And here I was kind of forced into changing. It was this massive pivot, not only to my life in the present, but also what my 
what I thought my life was going to look like in the future and I just didn't really have the skills ready to go to to go and make that change and I wasn't excited about it um I don't actually remember a lot of my first few months in my new job because I think my brain just protected me from so much of the pain that I was feeling and I know I behaved in ways that I'm not proud of during that time because I was just so hurt and blindsided and now I don't relate to the person who made those choices at all both in the the kind of post breakup period and even the person I was in the relationship I think what's hard when you've been in a long-term relationship especially your first one and especially one that was in many ways a really good relationship really loving and caring is that when it ends you don't really know who you are anymore I couldn't go back to who I was at 18 having never met him because that girl was too far away in time and space and I couldn't be who I was when I was with him because I wasn't with him anymore so I had to become this new person whilst also grieving the loss of this future that I'd spent the best part of four years thinking about um I asked some friends of mine about what kind of change or growth they thought they'd seen in me in this this kind of breakup time and my best friend said that her impression is that I became more independent less conventional and cooler which is nice uh my flatmate said that I've become more confident more opinionated in a good way and funnier and confident to be funny uh I told a version of this story at the fringe with you guys last year and she asked if I could have ever imagined doing that when we were together and I think the answer is probably no um I think my feminism has really evolved too we all live in a patriarchy and we're all kind of conditioned to view marriage as the only possible end goal to a successful relationship and if it doesn't end in marriage then therefore the relationship can't have been successful but actually right now the idea of getting married feels really premature and I feel like I have so much more I still want to experience without making that commitment to another person and actually I really value my independence and when we broke up I felt like I didn't know how to be single and I didn't want to be single and then I just had to learn how to do it um and now I feel like I've created this life for myself that I enjoy and actually someone's going to need to be kind of quite spectacular to interrupt that independence or sacrifice some of it I mean I've said all of this but then and I wish I could say it was this really neat and tidy journey of like growth and I'm so amazing now and it's just not and I'm also super reluctant to credit this breakup with everything I've just said because (laughs) (laughs) that's not very feminist at all um you know in the last five years I graduated started working changed careers grew up had other relationships traveled met more people and all of that stuff has shaped me as well And actually, when I was writing this, I was kind of thinking, for God's sakes, Maria, why are you even choosing to talk about this breakup that was five years ago? Because it brings it back to the present. Whereas actually, I've spent enough time making peace with things to leave it in the past. And I feel really self-conscious talking about it because I don't want to sound like some kind of crazy ex-girlfriend who isn't over her ex. That doesn't feel like my identity at all. I think what I'm actually trying to say is that change can come from anywhere and actually you don't necessarily choose it and it can be forced upon you by something that you feel is really negative and maybe I actually needed the distance of a few years to kind of see that change in a more sympathetic way I mean there's no grand lesson here it wasn't a choice that I made and I didn't want my life to change and I didn't set out to improve myself or grow as a person or whatever and I was kind of dragged through it and it was shit and it was hard and now it's okay (laughs) (laughs) thanks guys on theme (laughs) but it's good it's good to to look at the choices that we again kind of have forced on us and Mm -hmm. the effects of them that come things Mm -hmm. we didn't expect and things we didn't plan 
And if that wedding had gone ahead, you might have been a very unhappy person <laughs> and broken up 10 years later and had a, it could have gone a whole other way. So it's, also, it's hindsight obviously makes yeah. things better. And you just, you grow up, you know, what when you were planning the wedding or whatever, you were a kid, you know, and that, like, you, it's all true about, like, living in a patriarchy and marriage being the end goal, but that's just your conditioning from being a kid. And then you see there's more possible in the world as well. But uh, I really can identify with that, where it's like, no, but I don't want to break up. <laughs> this not is, the plan. No, no, uh, la, 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 I'm not listening, you know. And I think that it's definitely character building to be broken up with. Um, and, you know, we don't, we don't all take it well. And we all have a notes app in our phone with some, uh, or like a mental uh. notes app with <laughs> some plans in it. Oh, Mark. Thank you. Thank you, Maria. Thank you, Maria. And thanks for being here. Uh, Mark, have you a choice? Did you ever make a choice? Never. I have, I have one choice. Uh, I also want to say thanks to Maria because she was a massive help when we did um, Secondhand Stories she at did. Edinburgh Fringe last year and performed and Flyered. stood in the rain <laughs> and flyered with us which was a mess so thank you and it's so nice to like bring it all back mm. around so thank you thank you thank you um i have a story i have to put on my glasses now a visual um so next week will be about the the six year anniversary of one of the biggest kind of choices that i made in my life so far um six years ago i had a good chat with myself about alcohol about drinking smoking life all the good fun bits of life really um i don't really have one single story about this but i have two mini stories which are about times when looking back times when drinking and being drunk um made me behave in a way that i wasn't very proud of and times when drinking made me act like a bit of an arse and times when drinking made me miss important events and, and experiences so time number one was when i was 17 um, and it was the night of my Debs or my like graduation ball, end of school, um, big party. And this is a huge social occasion for the life of a 17 year old in Ireland. Um, it's the end of school, end of a chapter, just a few weeks before you head off to university, new life. So it's a big deal. And the planning and the preparing for the Debs, it goes on for months and girls are getting dresses and boys are getting suits and we're all following our nice gender roles at the time. And it's a big, big event. And for some families, it's just as exciting as a wedding it's um just as expensive sometimes there's clothes and hair and limousines and parties before and after it's a big big deal and for me being um the homo supreme <laughs> um, i firmly placed myself at the center of the deb's organizational committee um we didn't have a president of the deb's organizational committee but if we did i'd have liked to think that it was me um I was very consumed by this role that I had given myself fussing and planning about the flowers on the tables and candles and pebbles. We had hundreds of purple and silver pebbles. That was the theme that we had chosen. Lovely. <laughs> and I was talking to the hotel, trying to plan the meals and book the band and organize the DJ. There was a whole group of us, but I thought that this all rested on my shoulders. Big, big operation. And I was in my element. I was stuck in the middle of all this. Busy, busy, busy. The night of the Debs, after all my planning and stressing, the party um, was a great success. And after the meal, 
I decided it would be only right for me to get up as the unofficial president of the Debs Organisational Committee. Um, I should get up and I should make a little speech. (laughs) I was smashed. I was so drunk and we had this cheap wine and because we were on the committee, we had a few extra bottles for ourselves. And I had been pouring this down my neck all night and I stood up and I have no idea what I said. I was just just sober enough to realize that I was really letting myself down here but just drunk enough to not have the ability to stop so I think I insulted a few people and I was slobbering a few jokes and I I just was an embarrassment to myself then later in the evening after going outside for a little while and I fell on the grass and I was just drunk I returned into the hotel room just in time to hear the DJ play our kind of class song which was Don't Stop Me Now by Queen I don't know why but this was like our song for the year and so everybody including me rushed towards the dance floor to have this big moment near the end of the night and everybody made it to the dance floor except me I took a little tumble I took a small tumble tripped and fell and landed in under one of the tables and you know those big huge circular tables at uh, hotel wedding function rooms and I rolled myself in under the table and I lay there for, for quite a while trying to figure out what had happened and how to get up and while the rest of my class were dancing and smiling and jumping up and down and celebrating their their new lives and after all my planning and all my organising there I was full of wine inside under this table and I missed I missed the whole thing and this has happened a few times in my life Um, another memory was when I was maybe my early 20s and I was obsessed with Imogen Heap uh, obsessed and I also fancied this young man at the time who was also obsessed with Imogen Heap and this was kind of something we had bonded over so anyway finally um, after listening to her for years and being very very um, excited the stars aligned and she announced that she was going to play a show in Dublin so I mentioned this to the nameless boy who I fancied at the time and we talked about it and he agreed to go with me. The morning came, we got the tickets and um, I sat online refreshing and refreshing. We got our lovely tickets and it was all set. We we're going to have this date in like six months time because it was a big show. So months passed and finally the concert came around. And by this stage, me and the nameless boy had been through our romantic times and we were now just friends. It hadn't all gone to plan, uh, which I was not very happy about. So I would have preferred if we were still romantic so in my mind this concert these two tickets could have been a chance for us to kind of spark things up again and fall in love and marry and be happy so there was a lot of pressure (laughs) on this one concert so we got there it was the olympia in dublin and i had a few little drinks at home just because i was nervous and neither of us were really used to going to concerts so we got there super early and not realising there was going to be an opening act and they went on for quite a while. So we were laughing and having a ball and drinks and drinks. And then I went over the edge, (laughs) just that line where you know you've had too much, but there's no going back. I could feel myself just getting kind of sloshed and starting to talk shite and just become annoying. But I kept going. And then the opening act ended and I rushed off to the bar to get a few more drinks just before the main show would happen. And while I was at the bar... Imogen Heap came on stage and started and rather than rushing back to this boy who I liked and this massive concert that was about to start I waited there at the bar for about 15 minutes waiting for my drinks and missed the whole opening section of the the show I waddled my way back to the seat to the 
and the boy was very annoyed at me at this stage and I sat there watching and listening but really not paying attention I had to go pee about three times during the show and then most of the time while I was there I was I was watching but I was also thinking that our drinks were getting low and I'd have to go back to the bar soon and just totally kind of missing the whole experience this event which could have could have sparked up romance could have changed my life I missed it so I'm sure we all have countless kind of experiences things like this of stories but I I start to realize I might have had a few more (laughs) of these kind of events than were acceptable so six years ago I had a little experiment with myself I stopped drinking um, stopped for a month just while I was trying to quit smoking and it wasn't easy but immediately after like two or three weeks I noticed my life got better and I was awake and I was I wasn't hung over and I wasn't broke all the time from pissing money all over town and generally I was happier so a month passed and then another month month passed and then a year and then now six years and I still haven't drank since then and now this is a very simplified and kind of rushed version of this story it's a complicated thing but I think it's really important to know that whatever kind of behavior or whatever kind of place your life is in if it's not going right you can on theme you can make a choice (laughs) and you can make a change and you can shift things into another direction and kind of reset and it can have a a big big effect on the future that's my story (laughs) oh thanks really good i was also on the deb's committee you weren't what was your job oh because well i remember there being a big deal about whether we have it in dublin or whether Somebody decided it would be cheaper to have it in Meath oh. and get us on the bus for an hour and a half <laughs> oh, no. to Meath, which is a stupid idea. Those buses are messy. Oh, and mm. everybody, like every, pulling in at the side <laughs> of the road, everyone gets off the coach, hiking up their big dresses to squat <laughs> and pee at the side of the motorway. Oh, oh too- the, the end of that night, um, we all decided it'd be very exciting to go drink on the beach beside the hotel and fell asleep on the beach which sounds really romantic if you like live in mm. LA or, something, <laughs> or wherever but this is the west of Ireland it's horrific we're all destroyed and we haven't done yet this one it's awful um, we made it through well that was very good um, now but Sherlock if it had worked out with Imogen Heap boy I know then. there was a lot of other problems as well <laughs> <laughs> won't go into it but I wouldn't have found my current love well exactly only love long term forever (laughs) shout out to your current love hello right well that's it that's it Uh, get in touch send us your stories have you made any big choices Um, have you ever felt like uh, a choice was taken away from you somebody made a choice on your behalf that you didn't uh, like tell us find us online secondhand stories um i'm helen black and this is mark t cox if anyone would like to make a donation to keep our podcast afloat and supporting us in getting back uh, to doing live shows then you can donate to mark t cox on paypal and he's going to share it with me i promise <laughs> i promise <laughs> and big thank you to maria our special guest um, yeah thank you maria you're welcome <laughs> bye 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 bye